from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's time for the Gospel Mailbox with Donnie Bryson. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may call Donnie at 423-355-3859. Write Donnie at P.O. Box 2446, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or email him at this email address, preacher at gospelmailbox.org. And now for today's lesson, here's Donnie Bryson. Welcome to another treatment of the International Sunday School lesson. Today's lesson is entitled, The Call of Abram. And it's taken from Genesis, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 5, and then verse 7. And then jumping up to the 15th chapter of Genesis, verses 1 through 7. And it's for September the 4th, 2022, fall quarter, lesson number 1. Well, friends, a little background information. Today's lesson, of course, is about the call of Abram. And a lot, and those of us at a later time, we know him by his later name of Abraham. And today's lesson is about how he was called from Ur of the Chaldees. Now, we need to, in our mind, get our heads wrapped around what the Ur of the Chaldees was like. Now, this was a very sophisticated place in that time frame. There's a high probability that Abram and his wife Sarai actually had a bathtub in their house. And this was a very civilized place, uh, one of the most civilized places during that time frame. But we also know from the Bible how that it, it was also full of idolatry and how that Abram and Sarai were given to that sin of idolatry and they were worshiping false gods. And God calls Abram and his immediate family out of that darkness. Maybe out of wealth, maybe out of sophistication, but they were spiritually in darkness. Now, those of us who are dispensationalists like I am, uh, this is the start of the fourth dispensation. This is the dispensation of promise where Abraham and his descendants are brought into the Abrahamic covenant. Now, uh, just to give a little bit of a explanation and a little bit of some of what Paul told the Galatians in Galatians 3, 15 and 17. To give a human example, brothers, even from a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it's been ratified. Now, the promise promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say in two offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one into your offspring, who is Christ. This is 
what I mean the law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promises void. So we see here how Paul was talking about the, to the Galatians, how that these promises keep compounding upon each other. And a lot of the promises made to Abraham, uh, we are have been grafted into as saved individuals in the acceptance of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, we want to re again re-emphasize the fact that even though Abram and his family were in a the most civilized place in the world at the time, that it was full of idolatry and that his family and Abram actually participated in that idolatry. We know from Joshua 24 and 2, it reads, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahar, and they served other gods. So we see that they were suffering from idolatry in this land that they were in. And I also, too, we want to stop and think about this, the blessings here, especially how that God tells Abram that all of all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And there are two dimensions to that. First off, there is the blessing that is of no effort on anyone's part, no acceptance on anyone's part, and that is the blessing that the uh, Jewish people have given the world over the centuries. A lot of uh, a very educated, prominent people have come from the Jewish race and they have blessed the world uh, with their uh, medical skills, their legal skills, uh, uh, their business skills, and they have blessed the world uh, immensely uh, through those methods and those things. There's also, too, the blessing that come, and this is the most important blessing, 
because the Messiah come through the Jewish race. And that is primarily where this is talking about that the Messiah, the promised Son of God, coming through a particular line, and that line starts here with Abram. And the entire world would be blessed by the Messiah. And if you'll notice throughout the history how that Satan had tried to stop that promise of the Son of God and try to thwart God's plan. Okay? Now, we see also, too, that in the original language, when it's talking about the families of the earth shall be blessed, there's also this dimension of how that they would be able to um, be blessed by some of their own actions. And as the people begin to accept the Messiah, that that would be a way that they would be blessed by the acceptance of the Messiah. Okay? Genesis 12, 4 and 5. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and, uh, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, now I'm going to go ahead and continue on to verse 6, which is left out of the Sunday school lesson, but I'm going to go ahead and continue on to it because it makes sense to do that. Uh, verse 6 says, Abram passed through the land to the place of Sechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Now, a couple of things I want to point out about these verses. First off, we read here how Abram is 75 years old. It's important for us to remember that people lived much longer during this time frame. In fact, Abraham was 175 years old when he died. And if you'll notice in reading in the story about the life of Abram and Sarai, how that uh, Sarai was considered such a beautiful woman, and by our standards today, she was a very old woman, uh, would have been a very old woman uh, during that time period. But she is being talked about as if she was a middle-aged woman, maybe equivalent of our 
30-year-old woman. And that is about the, the length of time uh, she would have uh, been the equivalent of given the old age that people lived to during this time frame. Now, there's a couple of different explanations of why people live so much longer. It's the simplest is, is that it took a while for death from sin to work its way through the genetic line of the human race. And that's the reason why people live so much longer. Uh, that's the simple version or simple explanation. Uh, there's a, a couple of different conjectures that I'm not going to go into right now. But it is important for us to realize that people during that time frame lived to be much longer. And so Abram at 75 years old is a, the functional equivalent of a middle-aged person at this point. Okay? Now, let's see what the writer of Hebrews said about this time period in his life. Hebrews 11, 8 and 9. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Okay? And we need to take that to heart and do the same thing and to live with that same mentality ourselves as we are living now. Okay? Genesis 12 and 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now this is the first mention of a theophany in the Bible. Now this is a visitation of the pre-existing Lord Jesus Christ. This is not Abram seeing God the Father with his own eyes. We know that in John 1.18, the NIV reads, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So, uh, I understand that to have been a visitation from the pre-existent Christ to Abram at that point. Okay? Genesis 15 and 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield your reward shall be very great. Now we have skipped up a few uh, chapters, actually two chapters. 
And it's important for us to know what happened in that interim time period. If you'll remember back from reading the book of Genesis from time to time, that Lot had been taken prisoner and Abram had went to rescue his nephew Lot. He gathered up his soldiers, his folks that were with him, and they went and overthrew the uh, four or five kings that had taken Lot prisoner. And the other people had who had been uh, helped by this maneuver of Abram had offered to give Abram uh, a lot of wealth that had been taken in this military activity, and Abram had refused it. So when the vision is talking and says, and after these things, that is the things that it's talking about. And basically, this is the Lord God Almighty telling Abram that, okay, it's fine that you didn't take any of the wealth from this activity. It's fine because I am your reward. I am your strength. I am your shield. Okay? And we see this theme all through the Bible. Psalms 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And we need to keep this sentiment to heart of not being overcome with fear and depending upon the Lord God Almighty. Okay? Genesis 2 through 4. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. Now, it's important to understand the law of the time, and they According to the Code of Hammurabi, Eliezer, his uh, steward, his head servant, who had an offspring, would be the would inherit Abram's wealth, and that way that Abram's line would be continued through someone who was not his physical uh, offspring. And that was according to the law and customs of the day. And also, too, I want to point out that when Abram replied to God, he said, Oh, Lord God, this is the first 
use of the term of the name of God, Adonai Yehovah. And that is, this is the first instance of that in the Bible. Okay. Genesis 15, 5 through 7. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and the number and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of, out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. It's important for us to understand the importance of faith, the importance of believing God. And at this moment, we see the first uh, indication of how important important faith is. Abram heard the word of God, listened to the promises of God, and he took God at his word. And this was counted as righteousness for Abram. And let me tell you something. We do not work for our salvation. We do right because we're saved. We don't do right so we can be saved. It is by faith and grace that we are saved. And the high importance that faith, the central theme of faith in our salvation. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 11, 11 and 13, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man in him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable, innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Now it's interesting to note too about when God showed Abram up to the sky, look at the sky. And we know that there's Two things, two dimensions to that. First off, it's extremely difficult to count all those little spots of light to know how many of them they are. There are also, if you're standing out there to the, with a naked eye, you cannot see all of the stars that are out there. They are beyond your sight. And there's often times when we accept things by faith, 
they are things beyond our sight, our natural sight that we cannot see that are part of that promise. And just as we had done in this last quarter that we just completed in the Sunday school lessons of the beauty and the phenomenal, amazing uh, description of heaven, they are aspects to that are, that are way beyond our comprehension. And that is much like Abram standing out there with all the stars that are beyond his sight, okay? And just accepting it by faith. Now, in conclusion, I just want us all to consider the importance of accepting God's promises by faith and for us not to be full of fear with the struggles in today's world and for us to press on and follow God's leading and wherever he is leading us to. Well, friends, good Lord willing, I'll be back with you next weekend.